0: John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello, 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 squirrel friends. The official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. Yes, I'm here by myself, Miss Lonnie Love, according to Alec, the queen of all media. I don't know where Alec is. <laughs> I'm just going to tell the truth. Like, he's got some explaining to do, but it's okay because your girls got it. And you know what, Squirrel Friends? You are with me. What have I been up to? I've been trying to like study this. You guys know I'm on the movie, right? And I'm trying to study the script. It's It's terrible. They changed it. Yes, after I memorize the whole script, then they come back with changes. Like and they're kind of like major changes, but it's okay. I got this. All right. And you know what? I also, you know, I'm gonna save my next story for whenever Alec comes back because I'm so excited. I do have a guest for you guys. You're going to love her. Miss Asia O'Hara is joining us. I'm going to get nosy. I'm going to get all the info. We're going to talk a lot. I'm going to ask some questions because I've been doing my research. So don't go too far, squirrel friends. Our next guest will be working and twirling with us next. Asia O'Hara joins us after this quick
0: break.
1: Girlfriends, our guest this week is a queen with a heart, a smile, and a personality as big as Texas. Since competing on RuPaul's Drag Race season 10, she's toured the world, but she's here with us. So please welcome my girl, Asia O'Hara. How are you, right there?
2: Good, Lonnie. How are you?
1: You know what? I've always been a fan because you were born, I believe, in Grand Prairie, Texas.
2: Stalker. How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Cause I I went to school in Texas. I went to school at Prairie View a University. Oh my God,
2: my brother went to Prairie View. See,
1: look at that. I oh love my God, that. Texas are good people. The, I That's right. I knew you
2: went to Prairie View. I don't know why I just I, I just re remembered that.
1: <laughs> yes, so, of course.
2: Okay. So thank of course, you. Yeah.
1: you know Alec, he couldn't be here, but he wanted to tell you hello. Well, and tell him hi. He is a big fan and thank you for joining us on Squirrel Friends.
2: How you been? I've been good. I've been good. Life couldn't be better. I I mean, I don't I don't have I search every day for something to complain about. I have nothing.
1: Okay, that's good. So, <laughs> how has life been since you've done Drag Race season 10?
2: Well, I mean, I guess for everyone it's it's always a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. It's it's been good. I think everything that I've ever been a part of both before, during, and after Drag Race has all ended up being a blessing either right then and there or a blessing in disguise. So everything has been absolutely, absolutely great.
1: Do you ever get tired, Asia, of explaining uh, the the butterfly snafu? Do you ever get tired of talking about that?
2: Um, no, I don't because, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that, you know, anything that, go through in your life or anything that affects you or anything that, that is a part of your story. You got to ha- sometimes have to remind yourself that that's a part of your story. That's a part of you. That's a part of, you know, your past and your present and your future. And, and you should be thankful that I even had an opportunity to make the, the biggest fail in Drag Race history. Yeah. It's, so it's it's no, I, I don't get tired. Of
1: I was so that. mad, Asia. I just Girl, want you, you was to mad. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's go back. For for squirrel friends that maybe don't know what happened. You know, it was the the lip sync with you. Oh. I mm-hmm. think you would have won. You had this beautiful, beautiful dress with the butterflies. Explain mm-hmm. what actually happened.
2: Okay, so obviously, leading up to the finale, all four of us were super excited me, Aquaria, Cameron, and Eureka. We were all, you know, excited. And I, I think we were all kind of secretly thinking, well, how can we top the finale of season nine? And also, that was something that I think once we finished filming, and once we wrapped um, at the end of the actual season, when we all made the top four, that was something that was just kind of instilled and in, in, in our heads. Like, you guys have to really top that finale. You have right. to create a pop culture moment, and so I think all of us were just kind of thinking, "What could we do?" And also, myself being, you know, the oldest person there, and also, you know, I can't do a cartwheel, I can't do the splits or whatnot. Right. I was grasping at at straws. It's something I could do that would be memorable and I had recently went to an event where they did this gorgeous butterfly release outside during the springtime in Texas and so I was like oh my god this would be this would be great so I did some research Um, I found a company that was willing to work with me and help me So Um,
1: you just didn't get butterflies out the back of your no, No,
2: no, no, (laughs) no Um, I went through a company that specializes in those releases, had them sent to me in Texas, we did three different rehearsals and everything was great it was spectacular and long story short the butterflies are, are come to you shipped cold in a dormant state and you have to let them you know warm up to room temperature and then they awaken and fly well as you know being an entertainment on set A lot of times it is freezing cold and the day of the finale, the odds were just not in my favor and they-
1: They didn't warm up.
2: They did not warm up. Yeah. When I released them from the dress, they were all still dormant. They were all still, yeah. And the worst part is, I mean, for anybody that was in the, or one of the worst parts for anybody that was there in the audience, you could see that during, you know- when they were resetting cameras as they were on the stage and the, in the stage lights and they were starting to warm up, of course, they all started to fly, but it was too little, too late.
1: And I want squirrel friends to know, cause we give them the behind the scenes Asia. It, mm-hmm. when you say freezing, we're not just talking about just cold. It's like freezer cold. That's the type <laughs> of cold that it is. Like, yes you know
2: yeah and it's and it's you know what what's funny is before i went to film drag race when i asked other girls like if i ever get on what do i do what's your biggest piece of advice they were like girl bring sweaters and bring coats because it's cold <laughs> and if it's 20 degrees in there rue is gonna say she's sweating so they keep it cold and it's just gonna be cold it's gonna be cold so
1: oh, but this is the thing that i like about the situation yes the butterflies didn't fly but Tell us what happened after that fiasco, because you may have lost that drag race, but you actually, to me, won because it was the most like memed event in history, in story, as we say. You got nominated for our MTV award. So to me, it's just like me. I lost Star Search. I was all the way up there, Asia. I was all the way. Second, mm-hmm. second, about to get that hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I was on national TV. You know, my mama was like, oh, you're mm-hmm. going to be on Jet Magazine because, you know, yep. if you're on Jet that Magazine. Was
2: it. That was it. You had made it if you was on Jet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I lost, but I actually won. So that's how I felt it happened for you. Did you feel that way?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, going into that, um, fortune favors the bold. Like that's something that I, I live by day by day. And at least I tried. Like I, I tried to do something that I didn't, you know, I, I wanted to not just give them the same things that they had seen me do the entire season. Right. And like I said before, everything that happens to me, everything that's part of my story ends up being a blessing in disguise. I, I believe in my heart that the right person won that season. And it just was not, it was not in the cards for me. But
1: you kept going. How did you keep going? Even though all that what was going on in your head while that was happening?
2: I was just I I mean, what was going on in my head was I mean, obviously, I was embarrassed. I was, you know, on national television, you know, in front of people that I loved a lot in the audience. And it was um, but to whom much is given, much is required. And I was you made this choice. It's not working. What are you going to do? Run off the stage and cry? What are you going to do? Just sit down? Right. I mean, you just have to keep going. You just have to perform. And and even after that, the very next day I had to fly. I flew across the country to D.C. to perform at Pride in our nation's capital. And it's literally less than 24 hours after this fiasco. Oh. And of course, no one there knows. I can't talk about it. It hasn't right. aired. So no one knows what's going on. And I'm um, and. I just had to convince myself like you have to you have to move forward. You have to keep going and you have to keep your head up because if you keep your head down, the light doesn't touch you.
1: That's right. You know, but other than that, Drag Race is a great experience. What's one of your favorite memories from doing season 10?
2: Probably one of my favorite memories like filming season 10 was definitely when I was you know, having one of the walkthroughs with Rue. And she looked at me and she said, remember who you are when I was having a an issue about what I was going to do and how I was going to move forward with that particular challenge. And that spoke volumes to me because I think a lot of times we, we know who we are and, and deep down inside of our core, we know, you know, our place and what our purpose is. And we let a lot of things in life deter us from that. And a lot of things convince us, well, maybe this is blah, 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 blah. And being myself got me there and being myself got me that far in the competition and being being myself and, and, and staying true to my core values has brought me a long way in life and so that was that's my favorite moment I, I have a sterling silver bracelet that says remember who you are that I wear every day it, it's my motto now
1: you know and that's what's important I think also there were some funny moments mm-hmm. Paul and the slap
2: <laughs> what happened girl what do you mean what happened she slapped me what, what are you talking about what happened no, that was not real tell me that, that was, was real the- that was that woman yes <laughs> I I don't know what happened. I don't, she was on her mark. I was on my mark. I don't know if in between slaps she went go, go gadget arm, but all of a sudden she swung and her arm was, was a foot longer than it was the previous slap and she (laughs) struck me. Struck me. I was like, are you serious? (laughs) Yes, yeah, struck me. And I am telling you, I have never in all the seasons of Drag Race ever seen Rue legitimately look concerned exactly. in a moment. Oh, exactly. no, that hoe was concerned. She was concerned. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, I didn't struck this woman. Oh my goodness. Oh but you know like
1: (laughs) You know, before the drag race, you were a pageant queen. Tell us about that. Tell us about all those pageants.
2: Well, I'm obviously from Texas and when I started doing drag in the early two thousands. If you wanted to make a name for yourself, if you wanted to get booked, if you wanted to travel the country, that's what you did. You did pageants. And, you know, pageants were like our Super Bowl. Pageants were the thing that we look forward to every year. Mm -hmm. And I had kind of dabbled in drag a little bit, but it wasn't until I saw my first pageant that I really realized that drag was something I wanted to do seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so yes, I I love pageants. I was Miss Gay US of A in 2007, the youngest Miss Gay US of A in history. I was Miss Gay America in 2016. I was All American Goddess in 2012, so it's just a thing. Myself, Shangela, Alyssa, we all like lived and breathed pageants.
1: You know, I was Little Miss Detroit 1972. Don't
2: play with me. Yes, yes, I, yes,
1: I was little. I was, all right, Little Miss
2: was... Motor City. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs>
1: I was lip syncing before I didn't even know what lip syncing was. I was like, Oh, I'm lip syncing. Oh my
2: gosh. What did you lip sync to?
1: You know what? It's an old song by Denise Williams called free. Do you remember that? Does I don't. Got to be me? Oh, I forgot oh, you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do. No, I'm not that young. Yes, <laughs> I'm, oh, no, I'm not that young.
2: Yes. Oh my I used God. to have to have my mom explain to me that I could never tell the difference between her and us, Stephanie Mills, so I had to have my mom explain <laughs> I the difference love them. I
1: love I love <laughs> Steph. Now, what's the difference between Drag Race and the pageants? Is there a difference?
2: Definitely there's a difference. And pageants, they tell you on a piece of paper before you even get on a plane and fly there what they're looking for. And pageants, they give you a set of criteria and they tell you exactly how many points it's a math game and I love math. So it's a math game, you know, like in at Miss Gay USFA, the winner of talent, you get a hundred, there's 120 points for talent, 24 points. Girl, is it 24 points? No, 60 points for sixty points for interview and 60 points for evening gown. So you have to go, you go into it thinking, okay, what can I do to get the most amount of points? And okay. it's kind of a balance between what I call vocabulary and execution. Vocabulary is how wild of a, of a presentation are you going to give them, how over the top are you going to go? And then obviously execution is how well you can do it. So okay. obviously the best vocabulary with the highest execution gets the most amount of points.
1: Oh, wow. That is a big difference.
2: So for instance, the butterflies for vocabulary I probably would have won the category but for execution I would have got a 0.
1: Got it. Oh wow. Do you like yeah. it better that way than just, you know,
2: <laughs> um Here's the thing. I really do like the world of Drag Race because it really does push you to live in the moment mm-hmm. and it pushes you to be the best that you can at that particular challenge or that particular struggle in in that moment. And you kind of have to throw all of the preparation and the thinking out the window and just do the best that you can with what you have and just really live in the moment. Patches is the exact opposite. It's you're preparing for a moment. It's like preparing for the red carpet or it's like, you know, preparing to perform at Coachella. You can prepare and you can rehearse and, there, and you can rehearse in a, in a controlled environment. So I like them both. What
1: advice would you give, because we have a lot of squirrel friends out here who, Mm -hmm. you know, they love drag race. They may want to do it. They may want to try to compete. What is the best advice that you would give someone that's trying to step into this art form?
2: Just do it. I tell people all the time, jump in feet first. I think a lot of us are afraid to fail and we're afraid to be bad at something. We're afraid to, you know, that is not the thought process when it comes to living your dreams and going for things that, that you want to do. There are a lot of people that are terrible at drag and they audition for drag race and they don't get on but at least they kind of get a little bit of a bug and they get on the next season or they get on and their career takes off and so it's everything is for you to have and there's no reason to wait until tomorrow if it's something that interests you do it jump in feet first you have absolutely nothing to lose
1: Definitely. You're not
2: buying a $8,000 yacht. You're doing drag and entertaining and providing joy to people and trying to get on television and share your art with the world. It's, it's not that serious. Jump in, girl.
1: I know. I and mean, That's why I tell people, because when I would do stand-up, stand-up comedy, I'm like, just do it. Write five minutes. Mm-hmm. Get up on some bar. Let them be good and drunk, because you get your feelings hurt the first time you get on if yes. you're trying to do comedy. It's like, but you know, make sure that you go to a bar where everybody's good and drunk. And just get up there and tell your story and get it out the way. So, you know, I think that a lot of people, they want to be perfect the first time they do it. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't work
2: that way. You know, and it's not. And there's a, and even in the world of, of comedy, there's a lot of comedians that start their career in comedy and realize they have, Steve, Steve Harvey is a prime example, realize they have these other talents that they didn't even know that they have. And, mm-hmm. and although he's an incredible comedian, he, he has a plethora of things in his catalog that he can do and has proven that he can do well. And that goes for any form of entertainment. So jump in. You might get on drag race and might not win. You might not even be good, but you might get, spotted by a talent agent and end up realizing that you're a supermodel
1: exactly that's that's how we feel coming up did you have a lot of support being a gay young person
2: no a short answer no not a lot of support i did not um there were other gay people in my community that kind of trumped my gay because they carried purses and stuff. And I did not play football. So it was uh, I kind of was being looked over. I had more issues with the color of my skin than actually mm. being gay. And I wasn't really out gay until after I was out of high school. There wasn't a lot of support. No, um, because there just was not a lot of. We didn't have the internet. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what gay was. I didn't even know that there was another lifestyle. There was another world. I didn't know anything about drag until I graduated high school. So, not a lot of support. No, but that was basically just because I was in a in an area that wasn't super diverse, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know that there was something that I didn't even know there was a part of me that could be supported.
1: God bless you. You were in Texas. Texas yes, girl. is football. Texas yes, is merely, mm.
2: exactly, exactly. <laughs> Pitchforks and tractors and football and wranglers and and all of that.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely it speaks to I believe your strength. Of Who you are. And I think that one thing that we always try to push on this podcast is to find out who you are and Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to express it. So thank you for sharing that, you know, with us. And,
2: you know, growing up in the South in general and being a queer person of color, there are a lot of struggles, but I really do try and focus on a lot of things that that I benefited from, from growing up in the South and growing up, you know, as a person of color or a queer person. I really do think outside of the ignorance and the hatred and the bigotry that is rampant in a lot of places in the South, especially in the small towns, Beneath that, there is a layer of love and compassion for your neighbor and love and compassion for the people around you and a respect for your neighbors and for the earth and for the work and for your ancestors. There's a, there is a sense of love that is beneath that. And if you focus on the glimpse, on the little little pieces of that that you see on a day-to-day basis, that to me makes up for all of the negativity.
1: And, and you know what? And I think it's important to have things like Drag Race because what RuPaul and all of you Queens have done is that you're showing that this is a wonderful art form. is giving us a glimpse of a side of life that some people they've never heard of, they've never seen, mm-hmm. and they can see the beauty and they can see the family and the community within it. And that's, I mean, that's why I'm such an ally because I just believe, I just love to see the camaraderie. I love to see the fashion. Y'all just fierce, you know. What I mean? <laughs> and it you. and it takes a lot, but it also shows the true talent, and that's the reason why we celebrate it. You know. No, definitely. And talking about celebrating, we want to talk about tour life with you. I mean, you're very Mm -hmm. busy. You're hosting a lot of shows. How's it going?
2: It's great. I host the Work the World Tour, which this year we toured Europe and North America. Yeah, so it was, I mean, it's the best drag show in the world. It's (laughs) it's like a traveling circus with drag queens. And we played Radio City.
1: What's your favorite city to play?
2: Oh, you know what? I think it's probably... Amsterdam there is just the energy there and the people there are so electric and so excited and so welcoming I think that that to me has been I think I've performed there maybe five times and that has always proven to be the best city ever
1: yeah definitely I love Amsterdam and you can smoke um (laughs)
2: You they got all caught up, you know, there. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know. You know? Like, I don't even life.
1: smoke, but I
2: smoke. I don't either, but I like the fact that, like, I like to just walk around and everybody's just free and nobody's, like, yeah. worried about, girl, what you doing over there? Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, tell us about the Vegas show that's playing on the Vegas Strip. I went... Yeah, just fantastic. But tell us about that experience.
2: Thank you. It's a um it's an experience to say the least. Mm-hmm. We're at the Flamingo of Las Vegas, and it's an incredible show. It has myself, Derek Berry, Naomi Smalls, Latrice Royale, Kennedy Davenport, Cameron Michaels, Kahana Montrese, Coco Montrese, Yara Sophia, Alexis Mateo, Evie Oddly, Jada Essence Hall, Ms. Vanji yes. The list goes on and on. And it really is an incredible show. And what World of Wonder really did with Drag Race Live is they really did try try and create a show that really did appeal to Drag Race fans but also appealed to people that would be in Las Vegas that maybe did not watch Drag Race Mm -hmm. and every night our audience is about 50-50 about 50% of the audience has no idea who we are Or what's going on but they leave with a new take on drag and they really do leave with the appreciation for it and I think as a whole what Drag Race has done it has really just opened a lot of people's eyes to the world of drag and to the entertainers that do drag and shown that we're not the enemy we're That's right. your sons and daughters and brothers and sisters and neighbors and community members and so Drag Race Live is just another vehicle for them to do that
1: I mean it's just a wonderful show and I always tell all my squirrel friends you go to Vegas go to Drag Race go. Just go go and support our queens, you know, it's so, so important. What is your favorite part about touring?
2: My favorite part about touring is I really do like seeing the same people every day. As crazy as it sounds, (laughs) I really do like, I mean, obviously we live on a tour bus. So the way it works is we do a show. We finish the show. We eat, relax, shower, get on the bus, sleep on the bus, wake up in the next city, get off the bus. You know how the gig goes. And between the queens and the crew members and the staff from the lights to the sound, to the merch people, to the backup dancers, it's just nice to see the same faces every day. And, you know, good mornings and pleasantries and we eat together. And it's just, uh, it is a sense of family, but I really do. That's my favorite thing. and, And I also think you know, a lot of times the guys that work on the crew are straight guys from the South or the Midwest. They have no idea what's going on. They just mm-hmm. took a job. And I love to watch them from day one on the tour to the last day on the tour, like come <laughs> out of their shell and really, you know, become friends with us. Like that yep. that's my favorite part. It's just the camaraderie off the stage. It's just incredible.
1: You know, on this show, our main message is to show Queens love and to be nice to them on social media and in person and at performances because the Queens, you all work so hard. And you've spoken about racism that you've received in the past from fans. Let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, you know, I... It is very prevalent. I mean, you can ask any queen of color, and they're going to tell you they've had experiences with it. The thing, you know, a drag race is reality competition. And with people with reality competition, they have their favorites. Right. But having a favorite almost always means they have someone that they feel like they have to hate.
1: Yeah.
2: And it, it just... Snowballs and and it becomes, you know, a never-ending kind of back-and-forth tennis game of hate. And I I think a lot of times when people, if they have a favorite and you lip-sync against that favorite and they go home or whatnot, and people want to hurt you, the first thing they go to a lot of times is, where can I hit them below the belt? What can I do that I know is going to sting? And a lot of times it's a racist remark. I do think, you know, a big part of it is with social media now, you know, when, when I was a kid, you couldn't talk or touch to or get close to, you know, someone that had been on television. Like, the closest yes. you could get would maybe be in the third row of a concert or something. So, you you yes. had, you had didn't have the opportunity to talk. And, and social media has given us a lot of great things, but one of the things it has given us is a platform for people that harbor hatred and racism. And so, Drag Race is just another place that it lives.
1: Definitely. I mean, and believe me, it happens in all forms, Asia. I was on to show, you know, the real and I was always the one, you know, they like you said, it's gotta be a villain. It's gotta be somebody yeah. that's, you know, they want drama. And and it's like when we started the show, we started right at the cuffs of social media when it became this big social media thing. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't understand it. And you think, you know, I'm out here presenting my talent and here these people are saying these bad, nasty things. And it made me stronger. It made me have to put up a shield. And also, I know that block button real well. (laughs) (laughs) But it also made me keep going because you, Asia, you deserve to be where you are. You work hard. You have a great talent. You deserve to be there. And it's people like you and me who use our platforms and say, we're not going to let you because you have an issue with me. That's not my fault. That's your fault. You know exactly. What I mean? absolutely. And I tell that to young people that you cannot allow these people to make you feel like you shouldn't be here or make you feel bad about who you are, you know, but we have to train them. And that's what we're trying to do. Even with this show, we, we are telling people, give respect to our queens, absolutely. give love to our queens. Do you think it's gotten any better or has it gotten worse?
2: I don't think it's gotten. I think people have just gotten a little smarter and a little quieter about the way that they go about things
1: Mm. and
2: i I mean i think probably five years ago someone might go on your post and make a racist comment about you now they'll go on their favorites post and make a racist comment about you because you're not you might not go on there and see it and block them and then they have a better chance of finding people with a like-minded thought process on someone else's post so it's just it's gotten but you know i um I don't know. Sometimes I feel old when I think like this, but a lot of us were, you know, we're we're brought up to believe that we're all, you know, everybody's created equal. Yes. And I say, absolutely not. Dismantle (laughs) that belief system because we're not we're not all created equal. We're all created unique. (sighs) And I think that the constant quest for equality to a sense it's great, but to a sense is, is a detriment to who you are as a person because saying that we're all created equal is like saying an orchid is equal to a rose. Right. They're both right. beautiful flowers that grow in completely different environments. They need different things and they offer different layers of beauty to the world. And some people may gravitate towards roses and some may gravitate right. towards orchids, but that doesn't mean that a rose is the worst thing in the world. So oh. what we need to be doing as opposed to finding you know, a way to put ourselves on the same level as everyone else, We need to be celebrating our differences. We're not, we're all created equal to in a sense, but but we're all created unique.
1: That is the best explanation, the best analogy I have heard in a long time, Asia. Is that, yeah, definitely. One thing that Alec always says is that drag is like a superpower and and it has a superhero identity. What would be your drag superpower? If you had one, I
2: think it would probably be mind control. <laughs> or <laughs> I, I think that would be my superpower because that's the time when I when I and I think that's a reason why I host shows and tours is because Ooh. speaking and girl y'all can't say it but Lonnie's hair wrap is taking a plummet y'all. is taking plummet. You made
1: it fly off my hair wrap.
2: <laughs> But it's just the power of speech and, and the power of persuasion is strong and it's wild. And I think we've seen that, you know, on both sides of the fence in this country in the past, you know, 10 years. And so mm-hmm. that would be my superpowers. I would want to be able to convince people to be on the right side of history and to convince people to celebrate their, their uniqueness and just convince people to think with an open mind and an open heart.
1: And to convince people to give you those big tips too. Um- yeah. Yeah. And give me, and
2: write me a check on top of it. <laughs>
1: Asia, as we close, what's next for you and and where can folks find you on social media?
2: Well, you can find me at Asia O'Hara land, one word on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, snapchat tiktok all of that good stuff mm-hmm. and physically if you want to see me I am hosting RuPaul's Drag Race Live at the Flamingo five nights a week Thursday through Mondays at 9.30 we just added some 7 o'clock shows so if you're going to be in Vegas oh. check it out but you can find me on stage on a microphone having the time of my life and well, I hope to see you
1: I've had a time with you today and thank you for joining us on Squirrel Friends thanks Asia. for
2: having me Yeah, of I'll course I'll see you on
1: the stage
0: okay see ya come on <laughs>
1: And we're back. Uh, now remember, first of all, I want to thank Asia O'Hara again for joining me. That analogy that she gave about we're not all equal, but we're all unique. Oh, take that with you. Tweet that at me, so I know the one person that follows me that listens to this podcast. Tweet it to me at Lonnie Love. Tweet it at me at Lonnie Love, and let me know. That you received that message. Oh, it was so, so good talking to her. Also, you can tweet me at Lonnie Love or on Instagram at comic Lonnie Love. Also, let's find out where Alec is. So <laughs> send him a tweet at Alec Mappa on both Twitter and Instagram. And remember, he don't have a lot of followers on Instagram, so please. Follow him. And you know what? Send Asia O'Hara a beautiful, beautiful tweet if you can. I think we should all show each other kindness and love. And that's what we try to do, Squirrel Friends. So let's make sure that we do that. You can listen to Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, make sure to rate and review me. Five stars, please. Tell a friend. You can catch up on past episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race and All Stars on Paramount+. Plus. I'll see you soon.
0: John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.